Welcome back, everybody. Today, we're going to talk about something that is the bane of a lot of would-be comic book artists' existence, taking the next step. Bob, what are you talking about when you say the next step? Well, over the years of doing a lot of conventions, we, uh, of course, seen lots and lots of artists, and everybody wants to make comics. And whether it's working for the big guys or um, creating their own, but what we see a lot of is people showing these really nice pinups. You know, everybody wants to do the pinup, the full page pinups, the cover image, the the mega shot. The f- well, it's fun. I mean, that's what you're so excited about in in superheroes and in other types of storytelling, like the big cover image, the pinup, that your favorite character in an action pose. Yeah, but where does the storytelling begin? Yeah, you're right. I've seen a lot of people who their portfolios is all of character work and action shots, and they're good, okay? But uh, back when it is a little bit easier to get editors from Marvel and DC to look at your portfolio over and over and over again, different editors, I've seen them say the exact same thing to people where they look at these people who are great draftsmen. They can draw characters. They can draw action. And they're saying, I love your work, but this is not what I buy. I need to see story pages. I need to see panel to panel continuity of telling a story. Well, that's the key thing is you're, you're doing comics to tell a story. You're telling, you know, a sequential story. So you need to show the concept that you understand how a page works, how to use talking heads along with body movements to move a, a page from left to right and down across and everything that it takes. Well, An editor is going to want to see that, to, you know, they're going to want to see that more than the big, beautiful splash page of whatever it is that you've got going on or the, but let's back up a second here. Um, why does cover artists get paid very well? Okay. You get paid more for a cover than you do for an interior page. Sure. And, you know, there are very, there are popular cover artists that will really drive the sales of a book. If you're just people, starting out, why shouldn't you be going for that coveted cover artist gig? Uh, because there's a lot of them already out there. Um, if you're trying to get your foot in the door, you might want to show an editor you can mo- do more than just pinups, that you're the t- go to guy to tell a story, to fill in an issue. Your first opportunity to getting a gig may be. I've uh, been looking at your work over the past couple of years. It looks like you're close. I'm going to give you a shot. I need this issue quick. So you better be able to tell a story, and you better be able to tell a story quick and, and show them the quality of work. Yeah, because a lot of those coveted cover artist positions are going to people who have done interiors and for long runs of them. Okay, Sure. And some of them are cutting back on the number of interior pages they're doing because they've already built an audience, they're getting those cover assignments. Yeah. I mean, definitely, you know, the J Scott Campbell's we see out there, this beautiful work when we get to see them, Arthur Adams, you know, these guys are creating out some beautiful work. We're not seeing much interiors from these guys. What maybe a single issue a year. Yes. Um, Adam Hughes. Yes. Is another great example of that. Um, uh, Mike Grell. Okay. You know, many of these people have a extensive, um, background in doing regular, you know, comic books and storytelling, and eventually they're um, splitting their time between covers and and other uh, other projects. It's hard to think of people who start out with that cover gig. Not too many. Not too many can show up and say, "Hey, I just want to do covers." Here I am. I mean, uh, back in the day, you remember when the big thing was painted covers? 
I guess some of those guys came in just to do covers, but that didn't last. That was a, I don't want to say gimmick, because it wasn't. Those artists that deserve the work and skills that they put into it, but... But was it, it does tend to have a time clock on it. It's a bit of a fad, mm-hmm. okay, where there's, you know, where the industry is moving in this direction for a short time and then it saturates and then then you're gone, okay? If, if that's the right. only thing that you have, if it's the only thing you have to offer, they're, look, they're on to someone else. Yes, I agree. I always liked seeing the, the interior artists, which, you know, isn't... I guess we're seeing some of that nowadays and we're seeing the J. Scott Campbell's Adam Hughes's, those guys doing the... Variant covers. I cannot believe there's still variant covers in 2020. It just cracks me up. But okay, that's another podcast. Yeah. But how do you go make that transition from the first thing people want to draw is figure drawing? They want to learn to draw heroic characters, superheroes. Okay. And if you can't do that, okay, then you really can't move on to the storytelling. You need to have your figure drawing down first. Okay. Yeah. But how hard of a transition is it for some artists to make from drawing figures? to actually drawing storytelling. Well, I'm sure I'm sure that's why many of them are stuck into the pinup mode and that's what we see year in year out from them. They're constantly working on figure drawings and poses, but you just got to stop and get your hands on a script or talk to a friend who writer or man online you can have access to anything you want. And actually I'm getting ready to post a uh, Storm Quest script from Tom and Mary Beerbomb here in the next week at Shopfire for free. So if you want to jump over there, you can download it and just start playing with panel to panel. Look look at how you would break it down. Maybe look how the the original artist broke it down and try to uh, study it. Figure drawing is important. Backgrounds for, is important. Perspective is important. It takes all of it together to tell the story. Uh, and then there's a craft to it too. This afternoon I was working on scanning an old tutorial i used to take around the libraries it's called production of a comic book and you gotta leave room for word balloons so there's a lot to storytelling there's a lot to taking that next steps you have to consider when you're drawing yeah but it most people are doing this part-time it's kind of overwhelming to think of sitting down and completely writing and drawing a 20-page story is that how you have to start no no you can access scripts and stuff out there that's available. Um, are you an artist? Are you a writer? Are you both? Many people are both, but you don't have to be. If you want to just be an artist, access this online script. Like I said, there's one online at Shoutfire. I'll put several up if, if there's interest in it. Um, Even if you do are doing your own writer writing project, okay, writer artist project, it can be a good um, learning tool to, as an artist, to adapt someone else's script. Oh, I agree. I, because every writer's script is a little bit different. Is There is no standard format of this is the way to write a comic book script. There isn't. And that's the funny thing you said because I was, I was, like I said, I was working on downloading these tools for this production thing I used to teach. And I decided to go ahead and post the uh, script for this comic online for the people to download. And I had forgotten that Tom Mayer Baerbaum works in the old DC way. They do a full plot Panel by panel. Everything's broken down for you. And then they do a separate script, word balloon by word balloon. And then they break it all down where they want the word balloons placed over top of the penciled artwork. And this is all in, like, it'll be a video tutorial. It'll be on our YouTube channel at uh, YouTube.com, Shoutfire. It's, it's a nice educational piece, and it goes along with this podcast. It takes you through the steps and the processes that 
was taken by these creators to create this page. And it's things that you need to think about as an artist. Of you wanted to keep everything interesting, dynamic, allow room for word balloons and movement. Uh, Tom and Mary Bearbaum, they were fantastic to work with. It was an honor for me to work with them on the six issues, and but they were very business-like. They had a way that they did it. It was very nice because a lot of the creators I was working with were new creators. Uh, it was actually Greg Land's first work, early first work. They they handed him exactly what he needed to tell a story and break it down, and it worked out really well. So, yeah, there's a lot of things you need to think about taking that next step from pinup artist to storyteller. Well, especially if you're writing your own story, you can be a little bit too close to it. As a practice run, it might be you don't have to draw 20 pages of, an, of a full script, but take two or three page segment of that. Oh, yeah. Well, an editor's not going to look at 20 pages. He's going to know within the first three or four pages if you're there or you need to work. And the thing is, when you're showing your work, you want to show um, different parts of storytelling. You want to show talking heads. You want to show a dramatic scene. You want to show different layouts and different ways that you that that edit. No, that no, that, no. I want I want to draw a big fight scene with superheroes. The two page, four page spreads that break out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I want the entire Justice League versus the Avengers, and we'll throw in the Legion of Doom, and we'll do that over like maybe four pages. Yeah, yeah. And the editor's game. big panels. The editor's going to tell you he's got a hundred guys lined up behind you to uh, do that for him. Who's already cutting a check and is working for him. So the you thing is, to, you want me to draw three pages of Lois Lane talking to Clark Kent at the Daily Planet? Yes, and show emotion so we don't have to read it. We, all we have to do is look at the photos and enjoy the sto story. If you can tell a story with, with your art alone, hey, you already got a gig, I can tell you. Well, I'm exaggerating for effect, but so many people do feel that way. Of I just want to get to the action. Mm -hmm. I don't want to draw the boring stuff. And those people have a really hard time being successful at it. If they're working in mainstream. Now, you can do anything you want for yourself. Um, do you remember the uh, Star Slayer micro full pinup book? Yes. That came out. I have several copies. Every time I see it, I have to buy it. I'm sorry. <laughs> but every page was a full pinup. I don't know if it was deadlines or, or you just decided, hey, I'm just going to draw 20 pinups and we're going to make a story out of it. I've never heard why he did it. But, hey, it's it was it was done well. But it, it's not it how I challenge. would suggest um, John Bird did that with a Hulk issue where every page was a full page illustration and he did it more as a challenge than a time saver. It's like it kind of could be difficult to tell a full story and only use those full pages. So sometimes an artist ties one hand behind the back just to see can it be done and still make it work. But, you know, even if you're doing your own story, those small moments of people talking are often, you know, important expositions. They're often the most dramatic confrontations between characters oh, so yes. straight on heads talking you know side side to side two heads talking to each other is boring so how do you take that you got some of your best dialogue some of your best storytelling how do you make the visuals of those quiet moments tell the story it takes practice practice and looking you know we we learn by seeing um find a good mentor find somebody who's telling stories that you enjoy if it's somebody's currently working reach out to them well, we both know some guys who's done that online and, you know, some of these creators can be very encouraging, but find somebody, I'm not saying imitation, 
Yes and no. We sort of learn from imitation, but then you sort of grow into your own style, especially if you've been doing a lot of pinups, you probably have your own look and your own style where you should have. So you'll, you'll pull, but learn. I mean, some of the best storytellers, the best storyteller, somebody who I did not like when I was a young reader, Jack Kirby. Oh my gosh. Best storyteller out there visually. Now, Jack is most remembered for his dynamic fight scenes. Yeah, but just read his, his talking head stuff. It's so well done and moves along. He can move a page along. So It's true. We, we kind of don't remember that as well, but go back and check out. Well, he will do, you know, can do several pages of just characters talking, and yet somehow the, his camera movement, his placement, mm-hmm. uh, the acting of the characters is still dynamic. You can not read the word balloons and get a good sense of the drama of what scene is going on, who's relating to who in what way, without even reading the word balloons. Yes, and you brought up the concept. You just said camera movement. A lot of artists doesn't realize that you're basically drawing a movie. And, and if you look at it at that aspect, if you look at it as this is a visual movie that I'm drawing, you learn cinema. You know, it does not hurt to understand cinema when you're doing comics. Do you have to take a master course in cinema? Do you need college education in the history of movies and storytelling? No, I'm sure there's plenty of YouTube videos out there that you can watch while you're practicing and drawing that will help you. No, you don't. And there's there's too much information online anymore that you can just find it. And another thing is... Just trust your instincts. We've all seen so many movies and TV shows. We have a natural understanding of how storytelling works on screen. We don't often break it down into piece by piece, you know, of how the cat. But if you stop and think about it, you kind of instinctively know when you need a wide shot to establish, you know, the scene and what's going on when a close up is appropriate. You know, you don't. You you don't want to go to close-up, 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 close-up. You need variety in these. You know, you need to mix things up. You do need to mix up. It's sort of funny. We're talking about this, and I'm starting to work on a uh, Kickstarter project that was drawn a while back by Mitch Bird. And (laughs) this book was done, I have to say, all wrong. And what I mean is is the artwork is beautiful. The story is going to be tight. It's going to move right into it. But the story happened because of a half hour conversation over phone and i'm like yep run with it and next thing i know pages started showing up and i'm going oh okay <laughs> and then mitch started adding all this stuff to it and i'm going okay but they were good pages out. but oh, they're good pages beautiful right? they're beautiful but i've got to figure out how to tell the story now so it makes it more challenging as the writer to say, okay, can I pull from this and create this, and where is this going to go? And so it's, and it has been years. This project's been sitting here. Um, you know, everybody gets derailed. I got derailed by fixing the day job. And it's, I'm back at it. I want to do a Kickstarter this summer, and I'm looking at these pages, going, they're colored, they're they're penciled, inked, and colored. And so basically, I got put words of movement. So I'm doing it backwards. I'm thinking, okay. And then as I'm writing this, though, I'm thinking we can pull these characters and move them into issue two, and we can grow upon this concept from Mitch and and build upon this. So, you know, it, but it's like, it's not the way you should make comics. That's just all I know. Um, I've done the Marvel way. I've done the DC way of writing. 
and and the half hour conversation on the phone is not the way to do it but let's get back on how to do it right well how to learn storytelling how to trust your own storytelling instincts yes one of the best exercises you could do is to turn on a movie or a television an hour drama on tv and turn off the sound oh yeah watch something something you've not already seen okay it doesn't have to be even something you're interested in okay or not something you're not familiar with and just watch the story without sound. What are you getting from just where the camera is placed? Okay. The cam, cam we do, you don't do camera movement is for television or film. You don't, you don't really do camera movement per se on a still page, but essentially you do. You're, you're, you're capturing those key scenes. You are moving. We don't see the camera move. But the camera was moving here, there, up, down, and you're capturing key scenes of that, of what's going on. So watch TV show or movie. Can you tell what the story is? Can you tell what's going on? Right. Now, well, the- I, th- I think there's some key ones. that I mean, you could look at a show we watch every week, Blue Bloods. It's this crime, you know, it's everybody, you know, it's typical cop show, whatever. You have the same set of characters. But if you start looking at the cinema alone with that voice, um, where they use certain rooms over and over, so you're familiar with it, the way those si- those rooms are set up for shooting, um, interrogation, and how it's usually shot from the side of the interrogator, you know, looking across at the victim um, or the accused. Um, there's a lot of stuff you can pick up from that. Certain scenes, way they're always shot from, you know, authority ways. Now, you're th- I'm thinking about that. It would make a good comic, the way a lot of that is set up. So, definitely, there's those shows out there that you could look at. And I'm using that one because there's so much talking heads in it. And, and that's this- what we're trying to talk about right now. Not the big action scenes, but the, sto- mm-hmm. the parts that actually progress your story, okay? Yes. Um, action is important. Yes, but if you're if you're well versed in drawing, figure drawing, and you can draw heroic poses, I think you can adapt pretty well to a fight scene. Okay, but it's those slower scenes that are the big challenge for people. They get stuck in storytelling. Yeah, yeah, I agree. You've got to be able to keep the talking heads moving, yeah. and no. uh, and, and you got to learn how to work a page too. There's there's a thing you know we all in in the U.S. and in the states. You know, we read left to right, and that's where you got to keep your panels moving left to right, moving down to the next set of panels, moving left to right. You got to do that with your, you can use your backgrounds to do that. You can do it the way the character faces. Um, one of my weird little pet peeves is on a cover, and they've got a major character, and they're facing to the left. And I'm looking at that, and I'm going, why is this? piece of artwork not encouraging me to open this book up by looking to the right there's no reason for it not to be it's right. just the way it's drawn and it's i mean this happens all the, yeah and it happens today it happens all the time and i'm looking at this i'm going if you, if you had flipped this image and moved it to the right would it encourage me to grab it and open it up and see what's inside yes and it's just the artist did not think it the way they sketched it. It was what, you know, oh, this is what we want to do. And this is the way it looks good. And boom, it's a straw. And I'm like, just little things like that. So in storytelling, you've got to look at the little things. If you're going to be successful, try to pick up on those. And editors will see those. You mentioned uh, police drama like Blue Bloods as a good learning tool. One thing to stay away from is 
do not watch sitcoms to try to learn storytelling. No. The sitcom was developed for radio. Uh, and they were very, very popular back in the days before television existed. And they still use the same script format. In fact, if you turn on an average sitcom and block the set, do not look at it and just listen to it, you'll get a full story. It's very rarely you'll miss anything because they're designed to be audio primarily. And the pictures are just, you're watching people, but it doesn't mean part of the storytelling. But a police drama is a great way because the the dramatic angles of how you are shooting something, okay, mm-hmm. is something that does adapt to um, comic book storytelling. And lighting, too. It's amazing how they use the lighting, dramatic lighting in, in a drama like that to help tell oh. the story, which helps the artist. Uh, you're bringing in things that are, um, once you've got the basics of, okay, I've got a wide shot, medium shot, close up, when I need to use them, what, when I show characters from a side view or not, the things that you're mentioning are so incredibly important. Um, lighting can tell so much of your story just in and of itself and yeah. can change a story, a page, um, com- have a completely different impact the way you place your lighting sources. Oh, it can. It can change the movement. And there again, it can help move you across the page too. You know, across, whether you've got like a long panel across the top of a panel and you want to move, you know, the eye across and the, helps direct the balloons and, and reading it, you, your lighting can be very important. Now, there's there's guys who don't use it at all. They leave it up to the colors or they're going totally animated styles. Um, always loved the um, Alex Toth work. Oh, yes, oh. he was. Oh. Uh, if you are not familiar with him, look up his work. Um, if it doesn't appeal to you at first, okay. Uh, it might not be the style you're ever going to draw in, but he is a minimalist in the truest sense of the word. Not that he's lazy, okay, but no. he is a master at using as few lines as possible to get all the information about a figure, a character into place. Right. And no. he w- did a lot of um, animation development work because he w- had a long career in comics, but then animators found him and realized, oh my gosh, he is a natural animation designer. He can break down their character into as few lines as possible so we can easily animate it and still have all the power and majesty of, of something that was overly rendered, you really. I uh, He did a bunch of work for Hanover Barrett, right? Yes, a yes. lot. Um, what I would do, um, if you're not familiar with Alex's work, I will put a link down at the bottom of this podcast to a couple of his books that's available. That was something to definitely check out as a creator, uh, somebody who is a good storyteller. Another person who is a great storyteller for simple, um, non-dramatic, non-superhero scenes is um, Gene Colan. Oh, yes. Gene Colan could draw great superhero material, but you could wa- he could do six pages of people just talking, and you'd be riveted, going, wow, I can't wait to see what happens next. Oh, yeah. Stanley had the utmost respect for him. He's, he he um, wrote a script for Gene. I believe it was a Daredevil script. And Stan would like to point out that there was one panel, okay, that it's not really the way he envisioned it, okay, but he had this one large panel of someone just opening a, touching a doorknob to open a door. And Stan said there was more drama in that panel than in most people's superhero battle scenes. Oh, yeah, Gene Control. And, yeah, I remember hearing that quote from Stan Lee. And we're talking about some of the older creators, and some of these new guys are going, I don't want to look at these old guys. <laughs> oh, right. I'm I'm new and improved. Yeah. 
I was there. I wasn't a huge Kirby fan. I realized how much I missed. And later on in life, I started gathering up more Jack's work. And Alex Trotha, for some reason, his work always attracted me. The use of lights and dark. And probably because I came in this industry more as an anchor, I, I looked at what he was doing as far as shapes and use of shapes. Um, Gene Colum's just one heck of a an illustrator. But I mean, there's modern guys. Um there's new guys out there who who is drawing and telling stories and and having some great styles. Um, Ramos, he's out there. Um, I think he's got a new book out with uh, amazing academies or something. Um, like that. Strange, strange academy. Strange academies. Yeah. Um, there's another great storyteller who moves across the page. There's there's so many new ones out there. Look, pick out your favorite if that's compliments you. Look how they're doing it. Develop your own style. Move ahead with it. Ramos, most people are attracted to him because of his very exaggerated characters, but you know, very imaginative. But people tend to lose track of how, how good a storyteller he actually is. Oh, because if the storytelling is there, you're not really paying attention to it. It doesn't draw attention to itself. You're just drawn into the story. Isn't that amazing? It's comics, but we don't really look at the pictures. It's true. Okay, we look more blank lines in between we uh -huh. see the motion our mind creates it there so we don't really look at the pictures we create our own moving story right. and it's hard to when you want to draw that yourself to really understand in that movie in your mind where do i freeze frame that where is the best angle okay where do i stop that camera and show this still shot and that's going to get the best part of the story across in the fewest panels and the fewest images because we don't have 30 images a second like a movie does. Right, right. Nope, you get one shot at each panel and that's it. So yep. to sum this up, to learn, you want to learn storytelling so people won't pay attention to your storytelling because you've done such a good job of it, they can't tell you're doing it. That sums it up, yep. <laughs> that's to learn, a lot of exposure there. But um, there are so many areas for you to reach out to and, and to grow and to push. Um, one, of course, always push the Shoutfire. Um, get, uh, get out there on the Shoutfire sketch page and show your work. You can join, join the uh, private group that we have. You know, show your work and get comments on it. Be willing to, uh, I think we did a podcast previous about criticism. You have to take criticisms to grow. You'll get better. But... but one of the best advices I've heard for doing this is don't try to do a big storytelling project. Learn how to do thumbnails, breakdowns, okay? Just sketches of where your characters are going to be placed. And practice. Do get different scripts from different people and practice a two or three page sequence just in breakdowns so that you know where the characters are going to be. Take that same concept of, you know, and rearrange the characters. Yes. Is, is there another way? That works. And when you rearrange your thumbnails, it's not going to take you days to just, you know, do quick sketches. But as you're imagining what the full illustration would look, when you rearrange those characters, did it make it better? Did it make it worse? Why? Right. No, no, no. You're great. You're right. And an editor will also, a good thing is probably when you present something like that, you want to show them breakdowns, pencils, because you're showing them the process and they want to see those processes. They want to see, they they want to input into their stories. An editor or a writer does. 
So by seeing those steps, it just helps the whole process and creates a better story. So yeah, definitely learn how to do thumbnails, breakdowns, scenes. That's um, incredible advice but to keep that stuff, okay, and let other people see it because, yes, it all comes down to the finished work. But when you're collaborating with other people, they want to know, like, all right, I want to see your thumbnails. If I would have intervened here and gave you advice on panel three, you know, could you have taken that and improved that panel? And that changed everything. But, you know, you may have missed an important idea that the writer had. Maybe it's their fault. Maybe they didn't put it in the script enough. Okay. But if you can communicate before you've done a full page and try to redraw everything, that's an important part of, of that collaborative process. Right. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think we could probably go on forever on this subject, though. Yeah, but I think we're kind of run out of time for this day. Okay. I think so. so. I think we will be visiting a lot of these things again. Oh, I agree. We'll have to come back and give another shot. And maybe if you uh, leave some comments or, or below the video and let us know what you think. If you have more questions, we can always come back, take those questions, update you on what's going on. Thanks so much for your time today, Bob. Talk to you again soon. All right, Bill. Thank you. Bye.